Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. Buried within the uncharted depths of waters surrounding a group of islands off the 50th parallel lies man's most formidable challenge. The awesome awakening of prehistoric monsters long thought extinct. Giant against giant. The ultimate battle. Godzilla versus Megalon. Science was baffled and powerless. A terror-stricken humanity knew that it was on the brink of total destruction. A once proud civilization now had to place its trust and hope in Godzilla. Now came the moment of truth. The ultimate battle. Giant. Lights out. And now the movies, folks. Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In, episode 30. I'm your host, your fearless leader, the one and only D-Dub. And across the table from me is my partner in crime, my faithful acolyte. And you know I had another description this morning as I was driving around and it just flew straight out my head. I defy description, actually, (laughs) so I've been told that. But anyway, it's Stratosphere. Hi, kids. Nice to see you. Okay, we got a pretty fun one this week, and we'll get to that in a moment. First thing we want to do, we want to toss out our email address. So as you're stomping your feet, saying, no, no, you got it wrong, or I don't quite agree with that, so you can get a hold of us. And that email address would be? Uh, As I recall, it's secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. And what is this cinematic masterpiece that we are dealing with? This well, time around. Well, it's uh, one of the, I believe one of the last of the uh, Showa era of uh, Godzilla. It's the ever popular Godzilla versus Megalon. Uh, actually, there were two more after that one. Okay. There was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla. Oh, okay. I thought those were the the Hensei Hensei. No, the Heisei. Heisei. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Hi, Cuyahoga Kaiju Club members, and you're probably going to... You're the ones stomping your feet there. Hey, we're we're, we're members of the faith. We saw Pacific Rim. (laughs) Go Gypsy Danger. Cherno 1. 
Yeah, Heisei started with uh, Godzilla in 1985. That one I knew. But. And that one ran through, I want to say, 95. Okay. And then you had the Millennium Series, which started in 2000. So. Okay. So, anyway, as is customary at this point, the best place to start with these films would be... The, the Plot. All right, well, for years, Seatopia... An undersea civilization, not to be confused with uh, Atlantis, because that apparently that's copyrighted. Or Sea um, Lab Twenty Twenty. Don't they refer to it at one point as the Island of Mu or Mew? I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, they. Well, been, you know, Atlantis is so cliche. Yeah. Now, if you're going to have people in togas, just uh, uh, white people in togas talking Japanese. That uh, well, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's the, hairy white guys in togas. Uh. Well, okay, no, no way to disagree with that, but let, let's just table that particular observation just for a moment. I thought that was a grizzly bear. Mm, with, a, with a gold headband. Um, anyway, Seatopia has been heavily affected by nuclear testing conducted by the surface nations of the world. That's right, and it's even felt on Monster Island. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's going to ruin all the tourism there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, all these radioactive monsters. I would that are so pay money to go to Monster Island. I would. I would. Well, you know, in the one movie, they did have Monsterland, where it was like a research place for them. Oh, my God. Too cool. Anyway, so upset by this, they plan to unleash their civilization's god, Megalon. Puny gods. (laughs) Sorry, couldn't resist that one. No worries there. Anyway, on the surface, an inventor named... Okay, I'm going to totally... Uh, mangle these names, but let's just go for it anyway. An inventor named Goro Ibuki. We'll just go with Goro, because they kept calling him Goro, Goro. Uh, by the way, I saw the, the Japanese dub with English subtitles, so if, if anything doesn't mesh with, with our two versions, that's that's the explanation. Hey, no worries. Like like every time he'd, he'd yell brother, Ninja! Ninja! Like, oh, Ninja means brother. Cool. What's up, brother? My brother ninjas. Anyway, his nephew, Rokuro, and their friend, Hiroshi Jinkawa. All right, the friend is Hiroshi, right? Yes. Okay. You know, I could never, from the English dub, figure out how that kid was figuring into the whole thing. I don't know. Uh, the, matter of fact, the, the two adults, there's Nerdy Guy and Vinny Barbarino is how I kept thinking of him because the, the one guy had, had Vinny Barbarino hair. Being blown by unseen winds. <laughs> well, you know, it was the seventies, and didn't he have plaid pants quite a bit of the time? Uh, yeah, he had, he had the plaid pants. He had the uh, I thought I want to say he had patches on the elbows of his jacket, but I could be wrong. Well, he spent so much time driving those uh, really bizarre cars. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the cars in a minute. Cars are worth an entire conversation on their own. Anyway, they're off on an outing near a lake. Rokuro is uh, driving or, or riding this weird little. Uh, Oh, how would you describe it? Big fish and two little fish, and it's supposed to be somehow getting him across the uh, this lake. Yeah, now, the thing does not seem to be moving at all. It's it's treading water. Yeah, and and they're like suddenly, Seatopia um, makes itself known to the earth by drying up the lake. The trio was relaxing nearby, and using it as as a base of operation. Yeah, and they res- they get the kid to come. Or the kid can't get to shore, so what do they do? 
they pull out the one handy dandy little item that everybody takes on a picnic. A rocket. A rocket with a with a rope attached to it. Well, he is an inventor, so I I will kind of cut him a little bit of slack on that one, but it, it was just like, wow, that's handy. I can't help with this. This movie was so damn goofy, but it, at the same time, it was so much fun. It there were some really fun moments when we when we get to the the rating later. I will. We'll, we'll, to revisit this conversation, but I will admit there were there were some really fun moments, but there were there were a whole bunch of things in this that were so head scratching. Like, what the hell did we just watch? Anyway, as they finally return home, they get the kids ashore. They return home. They are ambushed by agents of Cetopia. Sounds like a bad bad uh, spy series, doesn't it? Agents of Cetopia. It sounds like something from a Captain Crunch commercial. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. I like that. And it stays crunchy even in milk. Jay Ward. Gotta love him. Oh, God bless the man. So anyway, they're trying to steal Jet Jaguar. Do you know what the name of Captain or Captain Crunch's ship was and what the name of his dog was? Uh, I want to say the dog's name was Salty? Nope. Okay, then I'm I'm done. The dog was Sea Dog. Sea Dog. Okay. And the ship was the Guppy. The guppy, that's right. You know that I don't get all judgy that, that you know that. <laughs> I know my breakfast cereals, brother. Okay. okay. I, I still catch hell every time I buy, uh, I don't know what they're, what they're called now, the sugar bear cereal. Oh. Golden crisp or whatever they call Super it Super golden crisp. What's up? And for those, of you, <laughs> for those of you out there, look on YouTube. Sugar bear, they have old commercials on YouTube, but they also have the Sugar Bear TV show because he was on Linus the Lionhearted show. Yes, he was. And uh, that's Marif- where the whole cross-promotion with the serials came from. Yeah, and it's also... This is, a, this is a good tangent we're going off on here. But that's also one of the things that led to the law they passed that says you can't have advertising from the thing that is like the star of the show. Like if you if you had a... Uh, a thing, a, a show on Transformers. Transformers can't actually be one of the sponsors of the show. Oh, okay. Anyway, so the agents of Cetopia are trying to steal Jet Jaguar, a human. Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar. It was basically like if Ultraman and Johnny Sockless Flying Robot were a gay couple and had a baby. It's kind of how I look at it. And Jet Jaguar, I'm sure all of you already know this, but. Um, was designed by a kid. Yeah, they had they had a contest. Yes, they did. Actually, uh, the li- neat little trivia I saw on there is that originally Jet Jaguar was supposed to be it was supposed to be a standalone movie of him, but they did some screen testing and they realized there was no way he was going to carry the movie by himself. So that's when they started scheming to bring you know Godzilla and Gigan in. Oh, I gave away a plot point. Okay. Dun dun dun. So. So they're trying to steal Jet Jaguar, whose head isn't actually in place yet, so that that's how they didn't steal it. They didn't know what it was without the head, apparently. At least that's that's kind of my, how I interpreted it. Well, they could they didn't want to have to be bothered with trying to put the head back on. The um, agent's first attempt is botched, and they are forced to flee to safety. Now, i got to say, this is, I for me, it was arguably the goofiest point in the entire movie. They're trying to have this dynamic car chase 
between these two little <laughs> clown cars. These things are like five oh, feet in length, man. Wasn't one of them like a dune buggy? Yeah, well, yeah, one of them was like a, like a little roadster, but it, it it was smaller than the ones you see at the amusement park, dude. I mean, it was just... And, there, and there's actually, I believe there's a second car chase later on where they have these two... I swear to God, they're like five feet. They look. They make smart cars look big. And the the whole time I'm watching it, all I could hear was the Benny Hill theme in my head. <laughs> That's Yakety Sax by Boot Rand- Boots Randolph, by the way. See now, I'm the music geek. I sh- I should have uh, corrected that, but uh, okay. But I, I was all right, fans. I was dumbing it down. I admit to it. Okay, but keep it. I had parents that would repeatedly listen to the same stuff over and over. And one of the things my dad really liked. He did was have that album, didn't he? Boots Randolph. Oh my god! Yakety sax. I forgot about that. Wow. Anyway, that's why I didn't like country music for a lot of years. Uh yeah, I can understand that. I'm surprised you like it even now. It's it's a little different now. They used to listen to the hardcore hillbilly country. Oh yeah, Gar- Gary D. Cleveland fans know Doc Lemon, Sim Salabim. All right. I thought Sim Solomon was Joe Finan. Uh, it may have been. Uh, if my wife's listening, she'll she'll whack me in the back of the head later and correct me on that because she never missed any of those. <laughs> Sometime later, Jet Jaguar is completed, but the trio of inventors are knocked unconscious by the returning Cetopian agents. The agents' plan is to use Jet Jaguar to guide and direct Megalon to destroy whatever city Cetopia commands. Goro, Goro and Rokuro are sent to be killed while Hiroshi is taken hostage. <coughs> Megalon is finally released to the surface. Megalon basically looks like a kind of like a giant locust with drills for hands. Yeah, yeah. Hey. And he, I'll tell you another thing that was really bugging me. I'm looking at, at uh, Megalon, and it, it's driving me crazy because just recently, a few months ago, I got the original Ultraman, like the entire series... Okay. And I swear to God, Megalon was one of those silhouettes that they showed at the beginning over the opening credits. And I watched like about three or four episodes, and it, I couldn't find it anywhere. But the the he, he's got like this antenna that looks kind of like a star that he, right, that he right. shoots energy beams out of. Well, you know, I kept waiting for the giant ape to show up on uh, Ultraman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, there were a couple in, the, in there that... Well, that's a that's a tease for an upcoming episode, folks. Oh yes, we will. We'll have to. Kaiju comes to the small screen. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> so when Megalon is finally released to the surface, Jet Jaguar is put under the control of the Cetopians and is used to guide Megalon to attack Tokyo. With the Japan Self Defense Forces, otherwise known as the Japanese Army, failing to defeat the monster, eventually. The trio of heroes manage to escape their situation with the Cetopians and reunite to devise a plan to send Jet Jaguar to get Godzilla's help. Okay, I have one little problem with the whole escape thing. Okay. Goro and the nephew were put inside of basically a metal container on the back of a truck. Yes. I can, I can buy that. They drive. Okay, they manage to get out. But at one point, Mechalon swats this thing and sends it flying over a hill. Mm-hmm. It lands, rolls a couple of times, and I would think that when the, what's the name, Hiroshi? Mm-hmm. When he comes to that thing and opens it, he would find nothing but bloody pulps. 
but they're like slightly stunned. They're like, oh, well, we got to go. Dude, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's been done, man. <laughs> so t- t- tell, tell me the refrigerator scene is not the same exact scene. It's like, really, really? You I, live through I, that. I understand that. I just, it just, oh, I'm, every time I saw it, it bugged me. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not rationalizing or defending it, but yeah, it's not not the only time something so ludicrous has been done. And I, I especially, again, I drive a truck for a living in in real civilian life, and I know that the whole scene where they kind of back it up to a cliff and they're about to like drop it off of kind of a, a dump truck type of thing. And it just stays there. And looking at the angle of that thing, unless it's locked in, which they made a point of showing that it wasn't locked in, there's no way they they could sit there as long as they do and not have the whole thing fall off there. It's total dramatic license. Okay, and one other thing. As Megalon is moving toward the city, he's like hopping. Yeah, what's that about? I mean, he has wings. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's again, there's there's so many goofy things. It's he, yeah, he kind of does this thing where it's like he's jumping imaginary hurdles, but I don't know. He Did doesn't it, walk or anything. He just jumps. Well, Jump. it, 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 yeah, it, it's exactly like that. It's kind of like a real slow motion Special Olympics kangaroo type deal, but um, not not to offend any of our many listeners that are. Kangaroos. Kangaroos, yeah, exactly. But um, what's funny is they don't they show him doing that first, and then later on they show him with the full wingspan. You're like, well, wait a minute. If you got those wings, what, what the hell was that before? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot I had them. Well, he is a little um, slow-witted. Uh, yeah, there's there's a word uh, some about they have they're going to go find or make a plan to stop Megalon. you can do it <laughs> we got so far off track i can't remember where it was all right let's just go with here after uniting with japan's defense force goro manages to regain control of jet jaguar because he's he's got his little johnny sacco amulet his little pendant, yes. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's such a ripoff of Johnny Sacco. It's not even it has funny. to be line of sight. Well, as I recall, Johnny Sacco, same way. I could well that thing was Johnny Sacco. The robot was usually in a bunker or something. Yeah, and Johnny was out in out in the field. I haven't seen those things in years. Mm. You don't know what you're missing. I sense a geek subject. Uh, well, we're teasing that, and, and, and believe it or not, we we haven't even discussed this off mic yet, but. Um, but he managed to gain control of Jet Jaguar and sends the robot to Monster Island to bring Godzilla to fight Megalon. And without a guide to control its actions, after Jet Jaguar leaves, Megalon flails around relentlessly and aimlessly, fighting with the Japanese Defense Force and destroying the outskirts of Tokyo. Well, these are just the outskirts this time. Yeah. The Cetopians learn of Jet Jaguar's turn and thus send out a distress call to the Nebula M aliens to send Gigan. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Gigan? Gigan. Gigan to assist them. Now, as Godzilla journeys to fight Megalon, okay, and here's the thing I had a nitpick. Now, Monster Island, they've established 
in several things that, that I, it was my understanding it was in like the South Pacific, and this is Japan, which is the North Pacific. So, and, and you know, the, well, the, well, how far away would you say he is from Monster Island to Japan? Long enough to be dramatic. Well, I mean, it, as they show Godzilla like going through the water, it looks like he's going about thirty miles an hour. Is basically, I mean, I, I was trying to do the math and it was hurting my head because it it, it looked like. Basically, at the rate he was going, it would have taken like a day and a half to get up there. Well, come on. Jet Jaguar wasn't exactly flying uh, supersonic speed either, though. Yeah, but I thought he had, I thought he was just slowing down so that Godzilla could keep up. I don't know. It just, I know. You're I, trying I, to assign logic. You're going to give yourself an aneurysm. Yeah. And I yes, I know it's an aneurysm. I was merely being dramatic. Oh, okay. Like an aneurysm. See, we don't we don't use the phrase "serious" as a heart attack. We use "dramatic" like an aneurysm because it's harder to spell. As Godzilla journeys to fight Megalon, Jet Jaguar programs into a safeguard mode and grows to gigantic gigantic proportions to face Megalon himself until Godzilla arrives. That's right; he programmed himself to grow to giant size. That's right, and he pro he basically self programmed himself so that he can uh, do his own thing. Yeah, he's at this point he's kind of not under anybody's uh direction. So then we finally get to everybody's favorite part of a kaiju movie, the brawl. Which by the way, there are three awesome ones in Pacific Rim. <laughs> yep, Battle of Hong Kong. Yep. Gypsy Danger with that ship. Dude. And of course the sword. The sword. Sword is the most one of the most awesome things I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, so the battle is roughly at a standstill between Robot and Monster until Gigan arrives and both Megalon and Gigan double-team Jet Jaguar, and boy, they, they wail on him, man. You know what? If just, robots could bruise, man, he'd be black and blue. You know, there was a lot of goofy stuff. Didn't they pound him down into the ground at one point? They they did, yeah. They, well, they actually, didn't... Uh, as I recall, Megalon, like, flew around him and, like, spun him dizzy. <laughs> yeah, and a robot got dizzy. Yeah. Okay, never mind the fact that... He has okay, no inner ear, so it can't... Well, happen. beyond that, he's <laughs> flying around you. Why would this this robot, with his computer brain, keep turning himself around to look? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a really goofy movie. And yet we liked it. That's that's that w- that's what I keep coming back to. Yeah, it's like, di- okay, well, I, we'll get to that man. So yeah, so they're they're wailing on Jet Jaguar. Godzilla finally arrives to assist. Very dramatically, I might say. Yes, and he the, he does seem a little off because he's like march in, march in, strike pose, turn, march, 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 march. Well, and uh, well, okay, cover cover a couple other. Bits of weird business. Um, Gigan and Megalon high five. Well, they kind of high too because neither one of them has fingers. Okay, well they 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 high appendage. <laughs> um, we're we're totally gonna have to do that at the con. High appendage. <laughs> well, well, how about uh, Godzilla and Jet Jaguar going to shake hands? Yeah, it's obvious they can't see because they're feeling around <laughs> for their hands. 
Oh yeah, that's right. They, yeah, they couldn't see in the. And okay, am I crazy or did I see a very blatant zipper in the front of the Godzilla costume in this one, or was that just the design of it? It had a, like a light patch. Might have had a light patch. Yeah, it it just looked like there was. Usually the zippers are in the back on the scales. That's what I thought, but the way this thing looked, it looked well in in a couple of the suits. They actually they actually have. If you look at his chest, they have like a lump on the chest that yeah. runs down the whole thing. Uh huh. And you would think that's where the zipper is, but it's not. Hmm. Okay. It just struck me as I don't know, even even cheesier than some of the things we've seen in different Godzilla movies. So after a long and brutal fight, Gigan and Megalon both retreat, and Godzilla and Jet Jaguar again shake hands on a job well done. This is after. Godzilla does something that had me shaking my head, not just once, oh, but twice. The, 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 what we're going to call the the flying tail kick, I guess you'd call it? It's supposed to be like a drop kick or something, but it, uh, I guess they thought it was so cool, they ran the footage a second time. Yeah, he basically runs... Well, well Jet Jaguar is holding... Um, is he, is I think it, it was Megalon. Yeah, he's holding Megalon, and Godzilla takes a run at him, and then like leaps up like he's going to do a flying kick but he balances backwards on his tail so he's basically sliding back uh, on his back on his tail actually feet first and you know la- lands the rude awakening in the middle of Gigan's chest you know, more than almost any other one i've seen this so reminded me of of you know WWF you know, cha- you know, oh, professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very I, much so. I mean, we've we've always seen brawling before. I mean, that's one of the fun parts of it. But I mean, you you, you almost expected an announcer at the beginning. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh, gotta watch that. Michael Buffer will sue. Yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so after they shake hands on a job well done, Godzilla returns to Monster Island and. Jet Jaguar returns to his previous human-sized state and reunites with his inventors. The end. And as they're walking down the hill, they play the Jet Jaguar song. Which I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure you're editing him right here as we speak. Jet Jaguar, Jet Jaguar, Jet Jaguar. I don't know what it is. I don't actually know what it is. Well, you don't have to. I saw that. As long as you sound like you know what the words are, I mean, that's it. (laughs) But what's funny on, on my translation, as this song is playing yeah they have the they have the words you know the subtitles oh okay they're singing and it's just it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense but well again this this was this whole thing was so again more than almost any one i think i've ever seen it's so kid oriented i mean you had a a kid as one of the heroes and it, it just looked like uh, like I said, it reminded me of, of championship wrestling or professional wrestling. Well, know. it was certainly probably one of the more cartoony ones. Yeah, that's that's a very good word. And sometimes it worked. A lot of times I was shaking my head. And and here's here's another thing. Now, you recall that um, on a previous one when we were talking about um, Godzilla versus Smog Monster, Hedora. Okay. I was... Um, I was so disappointed by it because I had wanted to go see it in the theater when it came out and I couldn't go. This was another one that, uh, as I recall, 
They actually showed this thing on primetime TV. Yes, they did. Uh, NBC showed it, and yeah. it was hosted by Godzilla. Played by John, John Belushi. Belushi, yes. God rest his soul. I wish I would have seen that. Uh, that was why I, I felt kind of you know ripped off, because back then in the ancient medieval days of television, um, there was no uh, DVR. Hell, we didn't even have a VHS, and... For whatever, I can't remember call the reason, but I didn't get a chance to see it, and it was just like I felt I felt so cheated, if you will, and now finally watching it, it's like, boy, I, you, some of these things you're just like shaking your head. Yeah, but you but know it was what? watchable. I will say that. But you know what? If you put yourself back in, like you like say your seven your seven year old mindset, it would have been an awesome Godzilla movie. Yeah, it was, I mean, there was there was a lot of good SmackDown. Uh, the brawling was was really good. Like I said, so Godzilla, like you said, seemed very cartoony. The whole thing seemed very cartoony, and it almost seemed just a joke. Almost, I mean, you going going back to you know, let's just go back to the original Godzilla, where Godzilla seemed, you know, lumbering and terrifying. Okay. And, and then GMK, where, again, he's scary as hell. And if you've seen some of the stills of the new one, looks like we, we might have a winner here. Or, yeah, or if it hasn't been pulled down, look on YouTube it for has. the... Oh, it has already? The Godzilla Encounter footage? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Don Kobold from um, uh, CKC said it, it just got yanked today. Oh, okay, because it was in a couple of different places. Oh, okay. Because that one guy that did the... Uh, Epic rant. Did, did you see it finally? It was like 12 minutes long where he was yeah. just, yeah. Young kid, but I mean. Yeah, he, he turned around, he did another one. Oh. That, that, that he essentially said, okay, I'm cool. They posted this footage from this. I do not own this footage, but. Oh, um, okay. All right. So you might be able to get it from there. All righty. But, but uh, it's epic looking. Uh, it is. And I, I'm glad they're kind of following the lead of Pacific Rim you you can't go too big. Yeah, but where's my trailer? Um, I I I can't defend that, but it would be nice. It, it it's nice that from what we're see the the few little production bits that we're seeing, they're going really big. He is not going to look like you know twenty feet tall. He's going to look like the size of a small city. Is what he's going to look like. Yeah, well, in in that particular thing, they did say that. Um, they got off on the 25th floor when he walked by. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's pretty big. Good. But anyway, now that we've tangented plenty here, I think it might be time to rate this sucker. Best rating is craptacular, and the second best is... Craptastic. Craptastic. This thing makes craptastic just by the skin of its teeth. I personally, I have to give it a solid craptastic just because it's... Goofy fun, uh, yeah, but it was more goofy than than fun for me. It just personal taste. It, I would say, this was not the Godzilla movie you want to show someone to show them, like how cool the whole series is. This is the type of thing that they show to people to show how freaking stupid the whole series can be. I'll give you that. So, but. Oh. 
Okay. Will, will I go watch it again? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I've watched it probably three, four times since I got the DVD. Wow. Okay. You're, you're up on me. I just finished watching it this morning. <laughs> okay. With that being said, as I shake, as I just shake my head because I know what's coming, what's our film for next time? Well, we're going to do something we've uh, been talking about doing since we both have the wonderful service Netflix. We've been talking about maybe we should watch something that's only available on Netflix. So we're going to do that. And the, the cinematic treasure that we're going to bury or unbury, but if we're done, we, we may bury it back, is uh, The Angry Red Planet. Yep. And I'll tell you what, folks, just as a little tease, um, or a little bit of trivia. What is the relationship of this movie with the Fantastic Four? Hmm. Okay, so with that being said, once again, Podcast at gmail.com. And this is Stratus, or this is D-Dub. And Stratosphere D-Dub. <laughs> saying, go watch a B-movie. And why? Because these movies won't watch themselves. Later, folks. Bye, kids. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Is there life on Mars? For centuries we have wondered. Now, for the first time, through the new photographic miracle of Cinemagic, you will see the wonders of this strange and terrifying world when you see the angry red planet. Join this daring crew, the first in the scientific race between nations, to attempt to land on Mars. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, fire! Blast off from Earth with courageous astronauts Gerald Moore, Nora Hayden, Les Tremaine, Jack Crucian. Travel thousands of miles through space to the unknown. Cinemagic is not being shown to you now, but this wild land comes alive in Cinemagic. You'll see buildings miles high in Cinemagic. Journey to the center of sudden terror in Cinemagic. Be trapped by the tentacles of man-devouring plants in Cinemagic. Feel the fire-hot breath of a 40-foot monster as it reaches for you in Cinemagic. Your eyes will see the wonders of a world no eyes in this world have ever seen before. I wonder, will we ever get back to Earth?